0: I'm Spencer.
1: Hi, I'm Tiffany, and we're your hosts of the podcast,
0: Heavenly Messages, a general conference study, where we will bring to you our thoughts and opinions about the most recent general conference talks. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Heavenly Messages, a general conference study. A little update about this week. Tiff, what's your update? Anything you achieved?
1: Uh, I guess my quote, win for the week, that's what you want to call it, was I did the laundry.
0: Yeah, it's impressive. And the
1: dishes.
0: And (laughs) the dishes. That's impressive.
1: with two wild boys, it is so hard to find time to just do chores around the house, especially when like they're playing and then you start doing the chore and then one of them starts crying or screaming and then you're interrupted and then you got to go help and then I get distracted and I forget to go back to do the laundry and I start working on something else. I have like a hundred never ending tasks that <laughs> I've started, but still need to finish. La- that's my life.
0: <laughs> laundry's a hard one for me because whenever I get going, our, our youngest crew always comes over and starts pulling things out of the baskets that I'm putting them into. <laughs> so it, that's a win for you. Awesome. Um,
1: and you, you you have a much bigger one than I did this week. I
0: do. I have, I ran the Bonneville backyard ultra. And if you don't know what that is every hour on the hour, you are tasked with running a loop that is 4.1 miles. And my, I, the furthest I'd ever ran before that was seven miles. Um, but I saw the opportunity to try this out. I'm running a half marathon in August. So I said, (laughs) well, let's try this too. (laughs) So I, uh, I ended up, my goal is to run five loops. That comes out to be 20 and a half miles. And I hit that goal yesterday, ran 20 and a half loops, Uh, uh, er, not not 20 and a half loops, (laughs) ran ran five loops around 20 and a half miles. So that was my big accomplishment, my big win for the week.
1: I still can't believe you did that. I'm really proud of you, babe.
0: I know. Thanks, babe.
1: <laughs> I know. <Yeah.
0: laughs> <sighs> awesome. Why didn't you? Uh, why don't you introduce what we're doing today, Tiff?
1: All right. So today we have planned to review and go over the main points of President Henry B. Eyring's talk from just this last general conference. His talk was titled "Finding Personal Peace."
0: yeah so starting out this talk henry b Eyring, in the second paragraph says quote today i will speak on what i have learned about the miracle of finding personal peace whatever our circumstances hearing that the first thing my mind jumped to was president nelson's talk in april 2022 titled the power of spiritual momentum and in that talk he invited us to seek and expect miracles this is what president nelson had to say about miracles he said in the same way the Lord will bless you with miracles if you believe in him, doubting nothing. Then he adds, do the spiritual work to seek miracles. I I love that because here's Henry B. Eyring, a couple of conferences later saying that we can have personal peace, which is a miracle, especially with the circumstances Mm -hmm. of the world right now. But he says we can have this peace, whatever our circumstances.
1: Yeah. What do you think about that, Tiff? Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because yesterday when we were on our way to his race, he was driving in the car and we were actually talking about the talk and what points we wanted to mention. And it was funny because Spencer started to get a little mad about the person driving in front of us (laughs) and got a little road rage. And then he remembered... how can I find peace in this moment? How can I find peace in this moment? Because he cannot stand people that do not know. They how need to get drive. out of my way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we can find peace no matter our circumstance. And adding to that, you know, President Nelson says we have to do the spiritual work necessary to, to find those miracles. Well, Henry B. Eyring, lays out the work that we need to do in this talk.
1: Yeah, so President Henry B. Eyring mentions five truths that he's learned on finding personal peace. And the first one he mentions is, first, the gift of peace is given after we have the faith to keep his commandments and he continues for those who are covenant members of the lord's church obedience is what we have already promised to do and i thought it was interesting so he mentions or he emphasizes that the gift of peace is given after we have faith to keep his commandments. So first, before anything else, we have to show our faith to our Savior, our Heavenly Father by keeping and obeying God's commandment.
0: Yeah, I saw that emphasis too on after and it made me think about times where I've had to keep the commandments and I've seen the blessings that are directly correlated with keeping a specific commandment and then something comes up in the future and I'm thinking, oh man, like i do I do this I know it kind of goes against the commandment and then I remember oh wait I've already done this I've already seen the blessing and so that helps me find peace another thing that came to my mind when I first heard of this point after we have the faith to keep his commandments was article of faith number three that says we believe that through the atonement of Christ all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. So to tie that in with uh, this first truth that Henry B. Irons is teaching us, I think that as we are on that covenant path, right, keeping the laws and ordinances of the gospel, we can also know that as we experience that peace, that we are essentially obtaining our salvation through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Henry B. Irons second point now says, second, the Holy Ghost will come and abide with us. The Lord says that as we continue to be faithful, the Holy Ghost will dwell in us. I like this point because Henry B. Eyring is pulling these principles from John chapter 14, where Jesus Christ himself is teaching. And he talks about the Comforter, right? John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So knowing that the Holy Ghost is a way that we can have comfort and peace is awesome because my kid was in the back seat of the car. We were trying to get him to go to bed, right? The first, our little one was knocked out. He fell asleep. I was waiting for the second one to fall asleep on this 15 minute car ride, but it was nothing but screams. And here I am trying to figure out, all right. How can I find personal peace? How can I find personal peace? I'm going to blow up and (laughs) screaming.
1: It almost seems impossible to find personal peace when a kid's screaming in the back of the car. (laughs) I know. That's what I thought.
0: But then I had this revelation, right? I connected the talk with the scripture. And to me, I might not always feel that peace. But for me, if I know that I am worthy to have the Holy Ghost with me, that can bring me peace and bring me comfort in those situations where it seems like peace cannot (laughs) be felt because I did not feel it with uh, my oldest screaming that whole car ride.
1: Yeah, we've definitely experienced that many, many times. But I also like that he mentions the promise that's in the sacrament prayer. So in order to obviously have that companionship of the Holy Ghost, First, we need to renew our covenant that we've made with our Father in Heaven. Um, partake of the sacrament. And he has promised us that the Spirit will be our companion and that we will fill in our hearts and minds his comfort. So as we go to church each each Sunday, think about our Savior during the sacrament and promise him that we will do our best to remember Christ, we will have that companionship. And that personally brings me a lot of comfort and peace, especially with today's world. And not only that, but being a mother, being a parent, and we need the spirit in our home. Our kids are not going to necessarily see that a lot in the outside world and so more than ever we need to have the spirit in our home.
0: This makes me think of a talk by David a Bednar in October 2010 general Conference titled Receive the Holy Ghost man if you could read the, if you want to take the time to read this whole talk it's awesome but I'm just gonna share a couple of points that he makes. He says as we receive this ordinance he's talking about, the laying on of hands after baptism to receive the Holy Ghost so again he says as we receive this ordinance each of us accepts a sacred and ongoing responsibility to desire to seek to work and to so live that we indeed receive the Holy Ghost and its attendant spiritual gifts and he adds three ways that we can receive the Holy Ghost he says first sincerely desire to receive the Holy Ghost second appropriately invite the Holy Ghost into our lives and third, faithfully obey God's commandments. So it's not not a matter of just receiving the ordinance to receive the Holy Ghost, but it has to be this desire to have the Holy Ghost in our lives, an invitation, something that we seek for.
1: I love that. So the third point that President Henry B. Eyring makes is the Savior promises that as we keep our covenants, we can feel the love of the Father and the Son for each other and for us. We can feel their closeness in our mortal lives just as we will when we are blessed to be with them forever. And I think if anything, that's one of the most important things that we need to know and remember is that our Heavenly Father and our Savior truly do know us and love us. And as we really strive to learn about our Savior, we we will feel his closeness, we'll feel his presence in our lives. And I know that it can be hard, especially with all the noise from the outside world, within the media, within social media. And I was, as I was reading through President Henry B. Iring's talk, it was actually kind of funny because as we were reviewing... What we learned from this talk, Spencer and I both thought of this one song, this particular song came to mind and it's called Peace in Christ by McKenna Hickson. I think that's how you say her name, but it's from the 2018 mutual album for the youth. And I was actually on my way to watch conference with spencer's family and i just so happened to be in the car by myself i that doesn't happen very often but i was driving and i just felt prompted to listen to this song and i turned it on i hadn't listened i've heard it before but i hadn't listened it listened to it for a long time. And I just wanted to share some of the lyrics to this song. I truly felt the Lord's love for me when I listened to it. And I know that anyone else that listens to it will as well. Wait, are you gonna sing? Mm, Definitely not. I was excited. (laughs) You you do not want to hear my singing voice. (laughs) I will read the lyrics. (laughs) So it says there is peace in Christ when we learn of him. Feel the love he felt for us when he bore our sins. Listen to his words. Let them come alive. If we know him as he is, there is peace in Christ. And that's just the first verse of the song, but I absolutely love that. When we feel like there's no way to have that peace and comfort and joy in this world there is, and it's through Christ. And we have to, we'll find that as we learn of him, as we read the scriptures, as we pray to him daily, and we'll start to feel his love. And I like the phrase, let them come alive. I I don't know why, but that phrase really stands out to me.
0: Yeah, that phrase, I don't know, when you said that, you know, the spirit just came over me. I was like, That is so important. I think that's what President Eyring is trying to do in this talk. He pulls all of this information from the Savior's words in John chapter 14. He wants us to know how we can make his peace. And that is one of Christ's titles, you know, the Prince of Peace. He wants that to become alive in our lives, to make that a reality. I think that so often we can believe the Savior's words, but we don't believe that they can become our reality if that makes sense. And for me personally, at this point, I think back to an experience on my mission. It's probably six months in, so trunky, really re- ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just six months in struggling to learn Spanish. And it—I I was not, in a, I didn't feel peace. And I was there on my knees praying. And I was just overwhelmed with the sense of my savior was right there beside me. He was embracing me. And that love is, that feeling is something that I will never forget. And that's something that President Irene points out is that we can feel their closeness in our mortal lives just as we will when we are blessed to be with them forever.
1: I love that. And that's really interesting that you said that because I also at the beginning of my mission was (laughs) kind of facing a lot of challenges. Obviously, yes, learning the language, but I remember my very first transfer, my companion, it was her last transfer, but she was training me and she was really sick. So we hardly went out. We stayed in the house, I would say probably six, 70% 70% maybe 60% of the time like we sit in the house a lot and obviously I mean for me I learned the best by just putting myself out there that's how I felt like I was gonna learn the language best that's how I felt like I was really going to get a hold of how to teach the people in the DR and that was really challenging for me to sit in the house basically just study the scriptures study the language, and. But whenever we did get an opportunity to go out, I I was struggling. It was really hard. Not only that, but people in the DR speak so fast.
0: Not even good <laughs> Spanish. It's just... no,
1: <laughs> it's so bad.
0: I thought it was Chinese when I got out of them.
1: And yeah, I I also I was struggling to feel the peace to just get a grasp of what it was like to truly be a missionary but i felt like as i prayed to the lord i also really felt his love and embrace and i knew that this challenge was only a short time this wasn't going to last my entire mission. But I felt like that almost helped me grow and come closer to the Lord throughout the rest of my mission.
0: I think Tiffany and I can definitely just testify of this third principle deeply that we can feel their closeness in our mortal lives, not just in the world to come, but we can fill it now in our lives. The fourth point that President Irene points out is that keeping the Lord's commandments requires more than obedience. We are to love God with all our heart, might, mind, and soul. Those who do not love him do not keep his commandments. And so they will not have the gift of peace in this life and in the world to come. When I first read this point, I thought of a story that Brad Wilcox told in one of his talks, I'm sure one of his talks on grace. He tells the story of a youth who was struggling with the gospel. And so Ward and family said, you know, let's send him to EFY. EFY is going to be great. And now that program has changed to FSY, but they sent him to EFY. I guess the story goes that he didn't even make it through the end of the first day. And he was demanding that they get him out of there that he go home. And you know, they're not going to hold him there against his will. And so eventually, I assume left the EFY program for the week, but he didn't even make it through the first day. And then Brad Wilcox goes on to found on that even further that that can be like us, if we're not willing to keep the commandments that God has blessed us with to find peace here on earth and to return to live with him to become like him that when we get to the end of this life and we're ready to go and live with God, we're going to get there and it's still going to be the same. We're going to keep the commandments. We're going to have to be like God. But for those who do not love him, who do not keep his commandments, they're not going to want to be there.
1: Exactly. I think that this point, obviously, each of these points is so important. I think this one is honestly one of the most powerful because if we are simply obeying, what what's the purpose of us obeying? If we have no real intent and love behind that obedience, that obedience is not going to last. It will be pretty short-lived. And so as we truly grow that love for our Savior and our Heavenly Father, and like it says, with all our heart, all our mind and soul, then we'll find that happiness. We'll be able to return to their presence. And I, I think that statement that he makes, it's very bold, but it's so true and very important that those who don't love him, they're not gonna keep his commandments. And,
0: yeah, it is even in this same chapter that Jesus says, "If you love me, keep my commandments." And I think that is a great way for us to show our love for Jesus Christ, show our appreciation our gratitude for his atonement for his mercy and grace that he offers us
1: yeah so in that fifth point that he makes in his talk it says it is clear that the Lord loved us enough to pay the price of our sins so that we can through our faith in him and our repentance through the effects of his atonement have the gift of the peace that passeth all understanding in this life and with him eternally I think what's really important about this specific point is that we don't necessarily need this perfect understanding of how we can gain this gift of peace. It says here that through our faith in Him and our repentance, as we apply the atonement in our lives, that we will receive this gift, that we will be able to live with our Father and our Savior for eternity. and. I also really like this one scripture in John 14, 27. It says, Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So I think here what the Lord is trying to say is that this peace isn't something that we're going to find within the world. Where we're going to find this peace is through Him. And that's not something that we're going to necessarily completely understand, but we have to trust in Him. We have to have faith in Him, continually repent, apply the atonement in our lives, and we'll receive this gift, like He says, in this life, and it will carry into, hopefully, our in our lives after when we've reunited with Him in our Savior.
0: Yeah, I love how the talk comes full circle. I'm starting out with Henry B. Eyring talking about well, using Jesus Christ's own words in John chapter 14. Starts with Jesus, comes back with this fifth point, focuses again on Jesus Christ being the centerpiece of the gospel. It should be the centerpiece of our lives and he is what brings us this personal peace it is through our faith in him and our repentance through the effects of his atonement says henry b Iring. um there's nothing that brings me more joy than thinking of our ability to repent, to change, to become better, so that we can find this peace, so that we can be happy. I love the story of Alma the Younger, and I'll probably mention that story so many times on this podcast, but it's because it's one of my favorites, where Alma the Younger was leading so many people astray, and his soul was just racked with eternal torment, but he caught hold upon the thought of Jesus Christ and his atonement. And after that, he could remember his sins no more. That you could find peace as you focus on Jesus Christ and his atonement. I think that can be true in our lives today, right? As that song, Peace in Christ says, make his words come alive I know that it can be true in our lives.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think that that's when I've personally felt the most peace in my own life is when I've knelt down on my knees and repented and have asked the Lord for forgiveness. I I can't think of another time that I've felt closer to Him and Felt more of the love that he has for me in my life.
0: Uh Henry B. Eyring also does not fail to mention that there is an enemy. This is this is his words. He says, There is an enemy of your soul who does not want you and those you love to find peace. Henry B. Eyring says it is because he cannot enjoy it. Satan cannot have peace but we can because we believe in our savior jesus christ and his role as our savior he also henry biering also mentions that satan's efforts to sow hatred and contention all around us seem to be increasing we see evidence of it happening among nations and cities and neighborhoods in electronic media and all across the world guys work environment that i'm in right now there is some contention in it and i see it and i hear it from I hear both sides of this contention, but I just don't get into it because of this last general conference. I'll tell you, that's why. It's because we should not have this contention, right? Contention is of the devil. As Jesus Christ said to the Nephites, but I know that we can all focus on how to become peacemakers. I know that is something that I'm trying to do so I can help resolve this situation at work just because there is just so much more love and unity as we avoid that contention as we try to understand one another and maybe peace comes as we don't fully understand what others I don't, know how, I don't know how to describe that but going back to that scripture that says Philippians 4 7 and the peace of God which path passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus I don't think we have to fully understand somebody else's side of the story I don't think we have to fully understand what they've gone through to offer them peace to offer people forgiveness I think that is something that we have to rely on Jesus Christ for um, his grace can make up that difference
1: and last of all as President Henry B. Eyring wraps up his talk, he mentions that even though Satan is really working hard to cause more hatred, to cause more contention in this world, there is still reason for optimism. And he mentions that it, that the light of Christ is placed in every newborn child. And he goes on to say, Our optimism for personal peace for those children lies in the people who care for them. If those who rear them and serve them have worked to receive the gift of peace from the Savior, they will, by personal example and effort, encourage the faith, of the child to qualify for the supernal gift of peace,
0: yeah. I think first off, that first, what do you say? It is the light of Christ that is placed in every newborn child. I actually think I just saw a study that was done that there is actually evidence at the moment of childbirth that they have found that there is light, that there is something that is there. I don't know, you're gonna have to go find that
1: study. <laughs> well, having two kids ourselves, I mean. I don't know that moment that you hold them for the first time. I I personally felt the spirit pretty strongly when we had both of our kids, even though I had C-sections and <laughs> I was a little drugged up <laughs> for both of our kids' births. When I held them for the first time, it I don't know, I don't know how to describe the moment, but I could definitely feel the savior's love for me, for us as a couple and for our family.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I have that same experience.
1: <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> it, it was great, but there was like a lot of other feelings too.
1: <laughs> As Obviously, dad. there were other feelings. Second one but was better. I definitely, yeah. oh yeah, the first one was, uh, that was probably the most <laughs> crazy and chaotic no experience way. we've had. But despite <laughs> those feelings, you come on. You gotta say that you felt
0: there, some peace. There were some tender feelings there. I don't.
1: <laughs> you didn't honestly. See any I can't, light I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I
0: don't know if i have just kind of blocked that out.
1: Okay, just think about I the second remember. one.
0: Yeah, I can't remember that either. Oh. But I'll tell you now that they're great. They're fun. <laughs> sometimes, <And laughs> I, I like how Henry B. Iring adds the scripture that says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And he adds on to that by saying, it will require the one charged with the child's care and nurturing to be worthy of the gift of peace. In other words, to be worthy of the gift of the Holy Ghost. If we're, Or if we go further, right? John chapter 14, it talks about two comforters, Jesus Christ being the first, us being worthy of taking upon ourselves the name of G- Jesus Christ, becoming like him and striving to to do that. And I know in parenting, for me, <laughs> that is hard. It is, is hard to implement charity and be... <laughs> Soft spoken all the time with your (laughs) children. But I think Christ's grace will attend parents (laughs) (laughs) in that aspect, (laughs) definitely. But as we are more of an example of Jesus Christ for them and how we ourselves can find peace despite the chaos of running a family, you know, Tiff runs her business. I have my work and taking care of the children as we find peace together individually and then together as husband and wife and then adding in the kids. They're going to see that example. They're going to want to mold that and take that into their own families as they grow up and use that in their own lives. They're going to think back to oh, what would, what did mom and dad do to find peace? Oh, what man. can I remember? <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: Hopefully, and, and, they part, they won't
0: remember some of the things. And in, they've in that seen moment, <laughs> in that moment, we rely on Jesus Christ because you know, going back to passes all understanding. <laughs> we don't know what's gonna, what they're going to remember, but like, <laughs> let, let Christ take it from there.
1: <laughs> yeah, us as parents, we definitely have a big responsibility. But as Spencer was talking, it just reminded me of one thing that happens on a daily basis with our kids. Our oldest will be playing independently; he'll be quiet, playing by himself, be fine, and our youngest loves to just instigate some trouble. So he always would go over to our oldest, grab one of the toys that he's playing with and runs off. Oh, he's, he's quick. Yeah. <laughs> he is very quick and at this point he just sees it as a game. But it always leaves it always leaves our oldest crying, screaming, yelling for one of us, "Give me back my toy! Give me back my toy!" and in those moments because it's happened time and time and time and time again it, it became so difficult to keep my calm and keep the peace within the house because i just want to go crazy i'm like don't like, why don't you get it why does this have to happen every single day
0: oh yeah my dad's voice comes <laughs> out <laughs> and it is oh. it's not always pretty. Um, (laughs) I've had better parenting moments, but I think (laughs) thinking back to third point that Henry Baring makes, I'll state it again. It says the Savior promises that as we keep our covenants, we can feel the love of our father and son for each other and, and for us. I, before I was a general contractor, I studied marriage and family studies. There's a book called Unconditional Parenting. love that book just for the principle that is taught of unconditional parenting because it is what our Heavenly Father has for us, unconditional love. And I think as we remember that we do have Heavenly Parents and they are also parenting us, You know, letting us have this earthly experience. Mm -hmm. um, We can allow ourselves grace as parents to show unconditional love. We need a lot of
1: grace and compassion.
0: Also think about our Heavenly Father and how much He loves us, despite (laughs) how many times We repetitively make the same mistake or sin over and over and over again, just like crew taking Tyron's toy over and over and over again. And we lose it. And our Heavenly Father, He doesn't lose it with us. No. He loves us. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, here. His arms are open, just waiting for us to have that light bulb moment, to feel the Spirit, to return home. And again, going back to that scripture, train up a child in the way that He should go. And when He is old, He will not depart from it.
1: The last thing I wanna share is a statement that President Henry B. Eyring shared from one of President Russell M. Nelson's talks. And it says, I give you my assurance that regardless of the world's condition and your personal circumstances, you can face the future with optimism and joy. And that gives me a lot of peace and reassurance, especially with how crazy the world is getting. And we know that as we come closer to Christ's second coming, that it's only going to get crazier and honestly worse. Satan's going to be doing work and he's really going to try causing more and more contention. And we know from President Russell M. Nelson's comment here that despite that, we can still feel joy. We can still feel peace. We can still have optimism for what's to come.
0: Thanks for adding that Tiffany. Guys, we hope you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, Heavenly Messages, a General Conference Study. We love sharing this stuff with you. (laughs) We're having fun. So we're going to keep doing it. And if you want to keep listening, please leave a review, follow us so we can get this podcast out to more people. Hopefully share the word of Christ with more people so they can find personal peace too. Next episodes that we're going to be reviewing, are The Greatest Easter Story Ever Told by Gary E. Stevenson and Have I Truly Been Forgiven by Elder K. Brett Nattris. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next time.
1: Thanks. Bye.
0: should say peace. Peace. (laughs)